you have your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to open them to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look verses 1 through 6 this morning as we're continuing to walk through what is Jesus' longest section of his teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. We've talked over the last several weeks about how Jesus is standing on the side of that mountain and he is instructing his disciples in how they should live in the midst of an unchristian world. He's preparing them for the ministry that they are about to enter with him. He's preparing them for the world that they are about to encounter. So far, we've seen that Jesus has encouraged his disciples to be the salt and the light of the earth, telling them they ought to make a difference in the way that they live. He's told them, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, how they ought to have kingdom eyes, how above all things they ought to seek first the kingdom of God. And then everything else that they desire will be given unto them. Today we're going to look at a little bit of a different passage of Scripture where Jesus has been instructing us in how we ought to live in the world. Today he's going to instruct us in how we ought to live together. He's going to talk about disciples and how they relate to one another. And even beyond that, disciples, how they judge the actions of the world. Kevin DeYoung, which is one of my favorite preachers of all time, he's a, he's a Presbyterian, but he's still a good preacher, and I would encourage you to find him some and listen to him. He says, concerning this verse of Scripture, the problem with most people is their Bibles are too short. He says we use one of these Scriptures in our short Bible. These are the verses that the world knows concerning our Word of God. Judge not, lest ye be judged. He who is without sin casts the first stone, and God is love. Typically, that's all the world knows about what Jesus has taught us. But what we're going to find out as we look at Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 6, is that Jesus may not be saying what the world tries to convince us that he's saying. Jesus may not be teaching what we have understood Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 to say. It may be that as we look at the proper context in which Jesus is teaching, it may be just the opposite of that. Jesus is not telling us not to judge, but he's telling us and instructing us how we ought to make proper judgments. Let's read together, 1 through 6 of Matthew chapter 7. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn them to attack you. Let's pray together. God, we ask this morning, Lord, that you would help us, God. Help us to see this passage of Scripture that we may have a misunderstanding concerning in, in the way that you desire for us to see it. God, help us to understand what it looks like to have appropriate judgment in our own lives and in the lives of our brothers and sisters, our fellow disciples of Christ. God, I pray that, Lord, you'd help us, Lord, that your spirit help us, God, to look introspectively at this passage of Scripture today. God, let us explore those areas in our own lives, Lord, that need to be, that need to be changed, Lord. Those areas where we need to be convicted this morning about 
the way that we make judgments or the way that we receive judgments. God, help us, Lord, to to desire above all to grow in our faith and our understanding of who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, let that press us, God, to desire spiritual maturity, Lord, this morning. God, help us as we look at this passage of Scripture today. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I want you to note, before we get started, that this first part of this chapter, verse 1, judge not that you not be judged, it has to be understood in every other verse that follows it. So it has to be understood in Jesus' teaching concerning the measure of our judgment and Jesus' teaching concerning the speck and the log in our own eye. It has to be understood in the whole of everything Jesus offers to us about making judgments. So where you may have understood this verse to tell you not to judge, you'll see that that's not Jesus' intent at all. Jesus' intent is for us to have proper judgment. It's to have appropriate judgment. The first thing that he wants us to understand about our judgment is that we should practice grace-based judgment. We should practice grace-based judgment. You see, we need to be sure that this teaching of Jesus, it didn't forbid judgment, but it helps us to see and understand how we ought to look at one another as disciples of Christ. You see, this is where the world gets this passage wrong. You are to make judgments, but you are to judge with a clear understanding of the areas of judgment that are also present in your own lives. In other words, we don't judge one another with a, with a sense of elitism, or we don't judge one another as a Pharisee. We don't judge one another as if we have everything figured out and everyone else doesn't, but instead we judge with a complete and a clear understanding of the grace that has been afforded to us in our sin and in the lives of other people as well. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, For the judgment you pronounce will be judged. You will be judged. And with the measure you use it will be measured to you. Each of us, we don't desire to be judged. We don't desire to be judged by others. But he recognizes here, Jesus does, that it is a matter of our spiritual lives. We will be measured up. We will be judged. Our spiritual lives will be examined. That's who we are as followers of Christ. What's important for us is to measure other people's lives appropriate. Do you measure other people's lives according to the grace that has been afforded to you? You see, if the, if the measurement of God's grace is the measurement that we hope to be measured by, it should cause us to want to judge other people with that same measure of grace. This is something that Jesus teaches us, not only in this passage of Scripture, but just a few verses later, he'll teach his disciples again. Look there in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. He says, Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Treating others in the same manner that we desire to be treated. This is what Jesus is saying. It applies to the way we act toward one another, but it also applies to the way we judge one another. When we look into one another's lives and make judgments concerning their sin or their spiritual immaturity, we must do so with grace as our 
obeys. This is what Jesus is instructing us here concerning our judgment. Something that's important, though, for us to recognize. The second point that I want you to see is that Jesus has an expectation here for these disciples to practice holiness. He expects of them to be a holy people. Look at verse 5. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brothers. There seems to be, by Jesus, here in this passage of Scripture, an expectation of these mutual judgments being made in our lives. But the call to make these judgments only come after the disciple removes the log in his own eye. This is what Jesus says. Don't be a hypocrite, right? Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be working on your own holiness as you are calling other people to work on theirs. Or if you're going to call other people to work on their holiness, their righteousness, be sure that you have first considered your own righteousness, your own holiness. He says, we begin to make judgments about other people. As we begin to look at the specks in other people's eyes, we must first look into our own eye. Or when we begin to look at the lives of other people and make judgments, we must first begin by looking in our own life. We, we've got to investigate our own hearts. We've got to seek our own holiness before we are able to make appropriate judgments on the hearts and the holiness of other people or the lack of holiness in their life. But we need to, we need to be sure. We need to be sure to understand that there should come a moment in all of our lives when we are able, in spite of our ability to become perfect, that we are able to look at others and help them in their pursuit of holiness. You see, here's where most of us are. We read this passage of Scripture. We want to understand it the way the world understands it and not the way Jesus is teaching it. And we also have a fear. We have a fear about its application. Our fear is, is why I would never have all of the dust out of my own eye. I'll never have all of the specks out of my own eye, so I'll never be able to make the judgments of someone else's life. But this is not what Jesus is saying. And it cannot be our thinking. Jesus is not declaring that when we become perfect, we are given the authority to make judgments. If so, none of us would ever be obedient to this call. But rather, Jesus is saying, watch closely your life. Remove the logs that are in your own eyes so that you could speak to the speck in another man's eyes. You see, you remove the logs, not the specks in your own eye. You remove the logs in your own eye so that you can see clearly your own holiness and also the holiness of your brothers and of your sisters. Jesus is telling us here to watch our own lives closely so we are not considered to be a hypocrite. So there, there may be moments along the way. Listen, if we practice this, making grace-based judgments in one another's lives as followers of Christ, as disciples sitting on a hillside, if we practice this, there may be moments along the way when we make certain judgments of another brother or sister, that they point then to a log in our own eye. And we have to see this contradiction. If we're going to be willing to give judgment a measure, we have to be willing to accept 
that same measure of judgment. And as we approach a brother to correct him in his spiritual life, we must be prepared to see the own, our own contradictions of our faith and continue a pursuit of holiness towards more Christ-likeness. See, pursuing holiness, pursuing holiness is part of this call of judgment. As we pursue holiness, we give grace-based correction and judgment in the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ. But also, we need to be certain that we check our motives, that this practice of judgment is only for the purpose of redemptive accountability. You see, while this call to personal holiness exists, it does not negate the responsibility that we have to make judgments concerning sin in the world and concerning sin in the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ. But when we make these judgments, when we make these judgments, they must be done so in a redemptive manner. I love Jesus' illustration here. It's perfect. It's perfect because not only would the disciples have understood this illustration, but we understand this illustration. Jesus is telling us that the removal of a speck in a brother's eye, it's not something that's harmful to your brother. It's something that's helpful to your brother, right? We've all experienced this, especially those of us that wear contacts. We've experienced this, this speck in our own eye, this small piece of dust in our own eye, getting caught maybe underneath a contact lens or getting caught in your eye. And you understand the, the harshness of, of the way that it is abrasive to your eye as you are seeing this speck in your own eye. What Jesus is saying is, is that his desire is not to make your eye more abrasive. It's not to hurt you at a different degree. The purpose is redemptive. It's to rescue you from pain. It's one of love and one of compassion. When we see a brother that has a speck in his eye to approach him, this picture of the removal of the speck of dust in the eye of a brother and sister, it is a picture of the redemption of our Lord. It is not to be harmful and so we need to check our motives when we make judgments as we are called to do by Jesus here we must ensure that our intentions the motivations that we have are to help our brothers and sisters to encourage their spiritual health not the one that is there to hurt them to only make judgments to put them down, to persecute them, but to encourage them. We have been called to redemptive accountability. This is our call. And if by chance, when we're making judgments of another's heart, we're making judgments of another's life, if anything is in our minds other than redemption and help and love and compassion, then our judgments are not those that Jesus is teaching us to do. We are to make judgments, but we are to do them with redemption and grace, understanding our own personal call to holiness. So we, we often say, you are a follower of Jesus, judge not lest you be judged. You are a follower of Jesus, don't cast the first stone. When in reality... This is the interpretation of the word by the world. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. 
Instead, what Jesus is saying is, is when you make your judgments, assure that your judgments are made appropriately. When you make your judgments, make sure that you are making them with redemption in your heart and with grace as your base. This is the judgment that Jesus has called us to. What's interesting is, if you'll look at this passage of Scripture, 1 through 5, they seem very appropriate for one another. One through five seems as if Jesus is is talking about the same thing. You'll remember, maybe, it's the same idea that we looked at when we looked at laying up your treasures in heaven. When we talked about laying up your treasures in heaven, Jesus is telling us that we ought to not, not focus on earthly things, but focus on eternal things. And then, all of a sudden, in verse 22, Jesus changes the subject. He begins no longer to talk about laying up treasures in heaven and laying up in eternal treasures. He then begins to talk about the eye. You remember that. And and he does so because he wants us to see the way that we see the world matters in the way that we live our lives. He seems like Jesus is chasing a rabbit in Matthew 6, verse 22. But but in, in reality, he's pointing us to understand the way we see the world matters. And see, he does the same thing in Matthew 7, 1 through 5. He's talking about not being a hypocrite, making correct judgments of your brother, and then he throws this in. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Similar to Jesus' instructions on the eye in the previous chapter, it seems again that Jesus is changing the subject on us, that he's, he's chasing a rabbit, we may say. But in fact, what Jesus is doing is he's reminding us, he's warning us that these judgments that we give, these appropriate judgments that disciples make in other disciples' lives, they will not always be well taken. Understand that. If this is going to be a practice that we are going to desire to be obedient to in one another's life, they are not always going to be well taken. So Jesus says, don't give dogs what is holy or don't throw your pearls before the pigs. You see, this verse of Scripture, it's about spiritual discernment when it comes to making judgments in one another's life. It's a verse that encourages us to properly use what is holy and pearls, godly judgment, as Jesus has instructed us. You see, there's a sense, there's a sense in which our judgments may be wasted if they are given to those who have no spiritual eyes and no spiritual ears. A dog will always be a dog until it dies that's your science lesson for today and a pig will always be a pig until it is no more and we have a saying in the south that we all recognize you can put lipstick on a pig right but it's still a pig and there is a sense at which Jesus is telling us here if you give that which is holy to a dog it will treat it as a dog treats those things that are holy, as a dog. And if you make judgments in the lives of people who are not spiritually minded, 
If you make judgments in the lives of people who are not disciples of Christ, they are going to treat them as if they are not disciples of Christ. If you make judgments or corrections into someone's life that is not spiritually minded, it will not be well taken. Because a dog does not deserve what is holy. And a pig does not deserve the pearls. So when we make judgments, we have to be certain that we are making judgments, spiritually discerning those judgments into the lives of men and women who are willing to hear corrections. This is what Jesus is saying to those disciples that are sitting on that hillside. Brothers, you have permission to speak judgment into one another's lives. And you are not like the dog who cannot accept what is holy. And you are not like the pig who does not deserve the best that we have. But you are to take those corrections and change the manner in which you walk. This is a good test for us, I think. It's a good test for us as those who might experience correction from a brother or a sister in Christ to ask ourselves, well, how do I take correction from a brother? How would I take proper, redemptive, grace-filled judgment from a brother? You see, if we reject those corrections and those judgments from those that are around us, it may be that we are like the swine and the dog. We are more like the Gentile than we are the disciple. But as a disciple, we should take correction in our lives. I'll give you a great example of Jesus himself. Jesus will take these disciples that are sitting on that hillside and they're going to begin to journey with Jesus. And you know, because you know enough of this word, you know that these disciples were not perfect people. You know these disciples were not perfect disciples. They were not perfect followers of Christ. And there will be moments along the way that Jesus will look at these disciples and he will say to them, with disappointment in his heart, in a judgmental attitude, Oh, you of little faith. Jesus will make a judgment in their life that their, their walk with Christ is not as it should be. How many times does Jesus say to them, you have little faith? You see, a true disciple of Jesus would take that judgment, they would take that correction, and they would move to become more faithful and more like a disciple of Christ. But the one who is not a disciple, he will react negatively to that judgment, and then he will respond adversely. You see, those of us who are not on this pursuit to become more like Christ, we are offended when a brother corrects us. But those of us that desire each and every day to be more like Jesus... We are supposed to be able to take correction and judgment in our walks. This is what Jesus is saying. Remember, he's teaching those disciples on that hillside. He says, judge not that you be not judged for. With the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's judgment is a normal practice of what disciples are and it's supposed to be a normal practice for the church of Jesus Christ Jesus is preparing his disciples to live in a world that is unchristian 
And part of that will require that these disciples hold one another accountable to their faith. This is why we are gathered together as a body of believers to hold one another accountable to our faith. How in the world can these disciples or can we as a body of believers ever hold one another accountable to our faith if we do not allow judgment and correction into our lives? We can't. We will fail at doing one of the very things that Christ has called the church to do. That is to correct one another, to walk faithfully with each other. These disciples, they were called to make grace-based redemptive judgments on those who desire to be spiritually mature more today than they were yesterday. How do we apply this? Well, I think there's some real easy applications, but I want to make sure we know the proper applications for this passage. First, we need to watch our judgments. This is what I mean by that. We need to be sure that our judgments are properly motivated. We need to be sure that our judgments of brothers and sisters in Christ are being made in grace and with an end picture of redemption. Notice here, this application does not say, do not judge. It says, watch your judgments. Be sure that you are motivated by grace and by redemption as we make correction and judgment into each other's lives. Secondly, we need to accept the judgment of others. This one may be the most difficult. None of us like to be corrected. And yet it seems to be a normal part of the life of a disciple. Jesus, just a few verses from now, will tell them how hypocrisy does not work in the life of a follower. And then in my favorite passage of Scripture in John 15, Jesus will tell them, you cannot bear fruit unless you are connected to the vine. And those that are not connected to the vine will be cut off and thrown into the fire. Jesus, Jesus held his disciples accountable. And so we must hold one another accountable. And so we have to ask ourselves... How do we take correction in our lives? Do we hear judgments and corrections as a motivation to become more like Jesus? Or do we hear judgment and correction like the dog or the pig? See, contrary to what the world has taught us, Jesus encourages us as disciples of Christ to judge the lives of one another. And if the church is ever going to become holy and set apart, we must be willing to accept judgments from one another. And until then, we will continue to wander on our own, failing when we fail, falling by ourselves, with no support system to press us forward, living in an unchristian world. Kevin DeYoung says, Our Bibles are too short. They only contain three verses. Judge not, lest ye not be judged. Who is without sin, cast the first stone. God is love. We can't let the world tell us what Jesus has taught us. He has taught us that we are to make judgments in one another's lives, grace-based, redemptive judgments. 
He has told us that we are the ones to hold each other accountable in this walk, in this call that we have to be the church of Jesus Christ. I know this is not what you think this means, but Jesus desires more than anything for his church to be holy, and he is calling his disciples sitting on that hillside to be holy. And if we are going to be holy, it's going to require judgments and corrections in our own spiritual lives by our brothers and sisters in Christ. How do you take judgments? How do you accept correction? God, help us, Lord. These are difficult things. And Lord, the, the sin of Adam pushes pride and arrogance deeply into our hearts. And often we feel, Lord, that no one has a right to speak into our life. Often, God, we, we feel like no one has a right to judge us. No one has a right to look at the fruit that we produce to determine whether or not it is appropriate. No one has a right to, to determine whether or not we are appropriately connected to the vine. And yet, God, you have told us over and over that it is a fool who will not take correction from others. And God clearly here, as these disciples were about to launch out into a very unchristian world, you are telling them that they must hold one another accountable. Judgment, correction, grace-based, redemptive, holiness. God, help us, Lord. Help us to question ourselves as we sing in a moment. If we have properly been making judgments in brothers and sisters' lives, help us, Lord, to ask ourselves to prepare our hearts for the judgment and correction that may come from a brother or sister. Lord, let us desire more than anything to walk in a deeper relationship and fellowship with you today. And that may mean that someone has to make a judgment. Correct us, God. Correct us by using brothers and sisters. We love you, Lord. Be with us as we stand and as we sing and as we continue to worship. In the name of Jesus, amen.